Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. How are you? Good. Let's stand up and hold our Bibles up, if you would, please. Or your iPhones, your iPads. Cup your hand. Fake it. I don't know. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It's great to see all of you. Every section filled up real nice. And wow, you look great. Uh, I'm still a little jet lagged. Uh, it was eight hours ahead in, in Kiev. Uh, so the rule of thumb is that it takes one day for every hour to uh, get back to normal. And since I've never been normal, I don't know what it takes. <laughs> so anyway, it is great to be home and be with you. Uh, if you would, uh, turn in your Bibles to uh, Psalm chapter 22. And we, uh, we're doing this series entitled Captivated, which means you're, you're attracted or have this incredible interest, almost mesmerized by something. I am mesmerized by the power of God. I talked about miracles a couple of weeks ago, and then I want to say a big thank you to Mo Yo and Pastor Red Dog for last week. Would you give a hand clap to them? They did a great job. And uh, so I began with Captivated by, by Miracles. And, and if you really want to be captivated, it means God has to have dominion over every area uh, that you want to experience God in. In other words, if you want to be happy, you need to allow God to have dominion over your thought life, your anger, your frustrations, and all the things happening around you so that what's happening in you can produce the happiness and the joy in your life that you desire. So today we're going to talk about dominion. Dominion literally means that it's the power or right to govern and control. So whenever God has dominion over any area of our lives, that means that we've given God the power and the right to control or govern those areas. Now in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. Which means that God, through Jesus, his son, would now govern our lives. But, but he will only govern and speak into the areas of our lives that we allow him to speak into. That we must be listening because God is always speaking. Uh, Joan of Arc, one great warrior woman, was asked one time because she was so confident and, and was so adamant about her cause that they said, well, Joan, do you think that God only speaks to you? She said, no, I just listen. God is speaking to us. The question is, are we listening? Yeah. 
If we're not listening to an area of our lives or God in an area of our lives, it means that God does not have dominion over that area. If you're withholding something, you have experienced pain from the past or you have issues with your parents and you've yet to forgive them, uh, that simply means this, that you've not allowed God to have governing authority or control in that area of your life. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. And, and oftentimes, when people get born again, we're not taught how to allow God to rule or govern every part of our being. We are a threefold creature, spirit, soul, and body. And that when you get born again, your spirit is made new. And your spirit will live forever as it's been surrendered to God. But once we get born again and we are made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross, then we have to deal with our soul, which consists, again, of three things, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Those are the things that are very difficult for us to allow God to have dominion over because the fallen man wants to react or respond to ill treatment in a way that a fallen creature would, which is, I will pay you back. But we can't pay back something that Jesus has already paid for. Jesus has paid for everyone's sins. And so what we have to realize is we no longer, as Christians, have the right to pay someone back when Jesus paid for our sins and for theirs. So he has to be given dominion. Many people think just because we get born again that God's going to take everything away. Your, the habits that you hate, uh, the people you don't like, he's going to take that hatred away. Uh, God doesn't take anything away. He receives what we give him. Jesus didn't take away your sin. He died for your sin. And you still hold on to your sin until you give it to him. He doesn't come and take it because he's given us a free will. So whatever you're dealing with, you can say, God, please take this desire away. And God said, no, give it to me. A really good friend of mine uh, was a very, uh, I hate to say a bad person, but he would tell you that's what he was. He just was a, he was a major sinner. He was the, the corporal, the captain of all sinners. You know, he was that, uh, Paul, I'm the worst of all sinners. And he smoked his whole life. And he just got to the point where he hated it. And he, he would ask God, I would take this away. And God would never take it away. Until one day he decided to give God dominion over his smoking. And he laid it down. And he's never smoked since. Now, please get this in your head. When I talk about this, many people equate our performance with our salvation. It's not about our performance and salvation. It's about accepting his performance and giving him our sin and receiving his salvation. He doesn't take our sin away. We give it to him. We have to get this in our head. Because most of us spend our whole lives performing in hopes of getting God's attention. You have God's attention. You can hear God. You can live the abundant life. But it's not just because you got born again. It's because we are renewing our minds every day. And there are things that God will reveal to us daily and expose in us that we've not given up to him. 
And God wants us to give those things to him so he can have dominion in those areas of our lives. In Psalm 22, it says, From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you will I fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. It means he governs, he controls, but he only does what we give him. So all the rich of the earth will feast and worship, and all who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. God wants dominion so that he can be glorified and so that you and I can live the abundant life. So today, what I want us to talk about is putting our trust in God in whatever area of life. Some of you have had issues in your life, and we would say rightfully so. You were abandoned as a child. You were neglected. You were abused. You were hurt. You were poor. You didn't have enough food to eat. The list goes on of things that we carry with us into adulthood. And those things that we carry with us into adulthood, if we don't give them to God and we don't release them to God, those things will continue to govern our lives, control our lives, and have dominion in our lives. Thus stealing the joy that God wants us to experience. The Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. Oftentimes, we live in the presence of our past. We live in the presence of our pain. We live in the presence of things that have happened to us. And those things rob from us the joy of the Lord. There are things that we contend with. Fear is one of those things that we contend with. Uh, forgiveness or a difficult time forgiving. Uh, finances. There are so many things in our lives that contend for the joy and peace that we have. And they control us. If we get wrong thoughts and wrong thinking in our lives, then we will follow those things. It's been said, repetition is the mother of learning. So if we repetitiously behave wrong and believe wrong, then we will continue to live our lives that way. And, and repetitiously, we learn from people that, that we are around. And we often embrace what they have spoken into our lives and what they have declared to us. So my question today for all of us is, what are we holding back from God? What are we not doing? Are we not loving? Well, because we've been hurt, we've been offended, people have hurt us, so we don't trust anymore. What are we withholding? We're withholding our praise, we're withholding, withholding our worship, because we just think it's a waste of time. And, and you know, it's silly to lift your hands to God. It's silly to raise your voice to God. And so when we withhold that, we restrict God from fully being present in our lives because he inhabits the praises of his people. So can you imagine that the devil doesn't want us praising, he doesn't want us worshiping because that will restrict God's capacity in our lives. 
You say, well, nobody can restrict God. Everyone in here can restrict God because God will not violate our human will. So if you don't want God present, God will honor that. He will let you go your way. That's what he does. When, when uh, Jonah was running from God, God didn't smite him. There's just a consequence that a big fish swallowed him. Jonah had a decision to make inside the belly of that whale. And he made a right decision. And it said in there he recognized God as his salvation. And because of his recognition of that, he surrendered his will to God's will, which was to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel to that big city so that the people would come to know God. And so when Jonah decided that God had dominion and he wanted to do what God said, it says he was spit out upon dry land. He survived, he went, he preached the gospel, and the thing happened as God said it would happen. If you want things to happen in your life, you have to allow God to have governing authority and dominion over those areas of your life. There are so many things God didn't have dominion over. When I got born again, all I wanted to do was go to heaven. I didn't know I could live life abundantly. I didn't know that I could be healed. I didn't know I could give God dominion over my body, over my mind, over my will, over my emotions. I was living out what I saw lived out before me. I was living out what I saw my mom and dad live out. I, I said what my mom and dad said because I had been around them. And guess what? If you do that, you get what your mom and daddy had. Now, I love my parents, and they were living their life according to their understanding. And, and hopefully my kids will exceed me. But you've got to want to. You've got to be willing to give up things that your parents said not to. You see, when I was brought up because we were, we were poor, my parents always taught me, get a good job, work there for 30, 35 years, as long as you can work. Save as much as you can save, and then that way you can retire, and you'll make it to the end of life. That didn't resonate. Something in me believed that I was born for more than that. And so I was always at conflict with my dad because I was a dreamer. I guess I should have been named Joseph. I dreamed that there was more to my life than what I had seen with my eyes and what I had heard with my ears. And I began to see those things. And... And they just, they didn't jive with my mom and dad. And, and I, I had to learn that God, with God, all things were possible. And I learned this one verse, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I began to hang on to that scripture. And I began to believe that word. I began to believe that there was so much more to life than just surviving. But you know what? We have to learn to trust an invisible God and believe that everything in his word is true. And sometimes it will look silly. Think about Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, uh, their brother had died and he was a real dear friend of Jesus. And Jesus made his way, but slowly because he wanted, he wanted to make people aware of something that they were, it wasn't about getting in a hurry, it was about just letting Jesus show up. And so Jesus makes his way to Mary and Martha's house. He heard Lazarus was dead. And so Martha comes out. And if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And starts talking about all that wouldn't have been had Jesus been there. But instead of talking about all that could be because Jesus is now here. 
that he could govern and control the situation. And, and so Jesus, in John eleven thirty five, 35, it says, Jesus wept. He was so moved. He was so touched. And he said, where did you lay him? Take me to him. Now think just for a minute. Because when we think of this story, we get real excited about, we know the outcome. We know that, that what happened. But, but they didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, this was something that was going to be brand new. And they had to trust Jesus. They had to give him dominion over their reputation. What would the community think? These crazy people, they're going to lead Jesus to a tomb where, with a stone over it where his, their brother is dead. And that Jesus says, take me to him. But they said, surely. He said, remove the stone. They said, surely he stinks by now. That he was decaying. That was what they thought in their mind. And that there was a stone between them and the brother they loved. And Jesus was giving them a way to see their brother again. But it took them saying, it doesn't matter what people say about us. It doesn't matter how they talk about our family. What matters is we're going to give Jesus dominion over this crisis, over this loss. And they said, Jesus looked and said, move the stone. Now think about this just for a minute. What guy in his right mind, I mean, he's going to move a stone of a guy who stinks. He's dead. He's decaying. In their mind, they see this as a hopeless situation. But they also knew that if Jesus said do this, they had heard the stories. They knew his power and authority. But now it came their time to give him dominion. They roll the stone away, and you know the rest of the story. Lazarus, come forth. And he comes walking out of the tomb like a mummy with new life. Why? Because they decided to give Jesus dominion over their crisis, over their pain, over their loss. Some of you are carrying pain and hurt and anger around that has paralyzed you from experiencing God in an area of your life. Oh, you're saved. You're going to heaven. You're born again. You've repented of your sin. You've given Jesus dominion over that, but you've not given Jesus dominion over the hate towards somebody in your life that you have continued to hold them in you. And as a result of that, you're still bitter and you don't experience Christ in worship. You don't experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then the devil comes and says, you're not even born again. If you were born again, you would feel this way and that way. And you'd be experiencing this and you'd be experiencing that. And he's a deceiver. And all he knows is he can't steal your salvation. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he cannot get past the anointing and the blood of the Lamb. So what he does is he tries to get you to change the way you think about what you gave to Jesus and gave your life to him and get you to walk away from the life that God has for you. You have to give him dominion over the pain of your past, and you have to let it go. You have to trust him. Give him dominion over that fear and say, God, I will fear no more. This all came to me. I, you know, so much of learning about God is learned through experience, not through a book. And some of you have heard me tell the story. It was my first experience of flying 
over the Atlantic Ocean back in 2000, November of 2000, going to India. And I had been invited over to do a conference. It was the first big thing I'd done, so it was 18 years ago. And uh, I thought, boy, that's a long time for an airplane to be over water. Any of you ever thought that? Because I'd always thought, well, if we had land, we could at least land, which is not true either. But I thought, if we don't, we're going to go down. So the trip over was really good. It went well. But on the way back, on the way back, Rob Koch and I from Austin were flying, and we're on Air France. And I'm telling you, that plane began to do things airplanes are not supposed to do. I'm telling you, it was like a Jerry Lee Lewis concert, rock and roll. It was all over the place. And, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, I know the word of God. So I'm going to rebuke the turbulence. I rebuked it. In the name of Jesus, I command smooth air. It got worse. I thought, okay, that didn't work. I went, peace, be still. It got worse. I, then I thought, well, I'm at 37,000 feet. Okay, I got, I got this. It shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought, I can't miss. I'm between earth and heaven. God's going to hear me. Nothing. And I began to panic, and I hear the voice of God inside me. And basically he said this, he said, why are you asking me for de deliverance? He said, why don't you ask me for dominion, authority to govern your fear, go to sleep. From that time till now, I can lay my head down. Matter of fact, on the way home from Kiev, I, I had to go through Munich and then from Munich to Denver. And it started rocking a little bit. You know what I did? I laid my head down and, and like a baby, I thought, just let it keep rocking. And I went to sleep. Why? I have no more fear. Now, I, every now and then it'll jolt me if something happens. I've been in some close calls. Uh, but, but you know what? If, I, if the plane goes down, I go up. I pay no more bills. It, you know, I, I don't have to worry about OG&E anymore. I don't have to worry about ONG anymore. OMG going to be good to me. Well, you remember the story of the disciples having to deal with their fear. They, they were in a boat going to the other side. Jesus was on the boat, but I guess they kind of forgot. But, you know, Jesus was, uh, the storm blows up. Disciples are freaking out. Guess where Jesus is? Jesus is down below sleeping. Can I tell you something? <clears throat> I've deep sea fished. And, uh, and when you're going out a long ways, they tell you this. Always look at the horizon. Okay? So stay up on top. Don't go down below. A friend of mine went down below. He came up and looked like the Incredible Hulk. Not muscles. I'm just talking color here. And, and so anyway... The storm comes up. Jesus is down below sleeping. He had dominion. 
He didn't care about the storm. The storm wasn't going to bother him, but it bothered the disciples. So it was just another lesson. What will you give me? Will you give me your fears? Or are you going to try to carry them yourself? Do you want dominion over them? If you want dominion over them, give them to me. You see, whenever there's dominion, there's comfort. I can always tell when God doesn't have dominion over something in my life. I can always tell because I start feeling anxiety. And the Bible says to not be anxious about anything. So anxiety is a symptom that God doesn't have dominion over that area of my life. So I have to say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to trust you with this part of my life. And I still have other areas I know that God will reveal to me that I don't trust him in. It's not intentional. It's just I'm not aware. And then when I'm made aware of them, I have the opportunity to overcome them. Some of you have uh, God doesn't have dominion over your finances. You're always wanting. You're always needing. You're always desiring. You're always complaining. You're always talking about it. Instead of saying, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. You tell me, I'm going to do it. That means God has dominion. That God has dominion. I've always been a giver. But in my darkest hour, I was going through a very difficult time. And in, uh, going through divorce and living in a foreign place. To me, living uh, outside of Oklahoma City, nine and a half hours away. Living on little Mustang Island in the wintertime. And, and uh, I couldn't sleep real well. And so I'd wake up at 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, and, and uh, I was about to not have any income. And uh, things did not look that great. And so at 2.30 in the morning, I wake up and I turn on the TV. It was a Christian network. Now, I've never been a real advocate of Christian TV, even though I've been on it. When I say advocate, I've just never watched it that much because I just never have. It's not that I have anything against it. I think y'all ought to watch it. Maybe. My friends all run the networks, but I, I just never watched it. Well, I turn it on, and there's, there's a guy on there that I knew who he was, but I'd never talked to him. And uh, I've talked to most people from, you know, Hillsong, preached there, Cape Town, all over the world. But I'd never met this guy, and I could not turn it off. 2.30 in the morning. And, and I knew I was about to face one of the most difficult times of my life with regards to money. I had lost my job. I had... I had, you know, I had savings and stuff, but I, you know, I'm, I plan on living to about a hundred, so I'm going to need a lot of money, you know, and I, I just don't want to depend on my kids, so I need a lot of money, because I'm going to live a long time. Y'all got to deal with me a long time. So, it's, 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 uh, it, it was one of those moments, I, I've, I've always been a giver, always my whole life I've been a giver, whatever God said do, but now, for the first time in my life, I'm facing a scenario I'd never faced before. And so I'm listening to this guy talk. And, and so he, he's, you know, it's, it, he's, well, let me ask you a question. How much do you think this book cost? What do you think that cost? It's paperback. It's, it's small. $3? Probably should. Probably should be about a $3 book. It's the most expensive book in my library. And I've got a lot of books. That night, he's sitting there talking, and everything he said was like he was talking to me. Biblical nuggets that were just hitting me. I'm, I'm, I am literally maybe six weeks away from not having any severance check coming in, 
I had no way of income. It didn't look like I would ever preach again. And You know, I, I was okay. But I knew this, that God was saying, will you trust me? You've always given me dominion over your finances. If God said give a car away, I'd give it away. If God said give money, I'd give it. But all of a sudden now, I'm coming down to the end of everything. And this guy says, if you'll call right now and you'll donate $1,000, I'll send you this book. thirty in the morning. I'm going through the darkest time. I got up, and, and because I was living in this place where there was hardly any cell service, at 2.30 in the morning, I'm having to go outside. And it was cool in Port Aransas. I made the call. I ordered the book. I, I gave him my credit card, $1,000. And I went back to sleep, and I thought, what did you just do? <laughs> What, what were you thinking? And I just went back to sleep. And so, uh, yeah, that was toward the end of uh, 2015. And as you know, we were, I didn't know I was going to start the church until January 3rd of 2016. And I had sown $1,000 into this book. Because God is, I know what God was doing. He said, Mark, I want to always have dominion over your finances because I've called you to be a giver. And you can't give what you don't have. And I'm going to tell you, the greatest loss to me wasn't money for me, but my ability to give. It's always been my love. And so when I gave this, uh, I thought, well, you didn't think much about it. I just obeyed. That's all I did. I said, God, I want you to have dominion. I don't ever want you to not have dominion over my money because I know how important it is to reach the nations. You see, religion has really contaminated the minds of Christianity. Because the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. As a matter of fact, God says, I'm the one that's giving you the power to gain wealth. You see, you've been lied to if you've not given God dominion over your finances. You've been lied to. And you know what? People who have not given God dominion are the people that have lack in their lives oftentimes. Because they don't trust God. And I knew I was. this was a test. It wasn't a temptation. So here's what happens. So I give that. January 3rd, six weeks later, if that. God tells me to come back to Oklahoma City and start a church. Well, you got to understand, I have no check in January. So I call one of my friends in Corpus Christi, a businessman who has been a friend of mine for over 20 years. And I told him, I said, God's told me to go start a church again in Oklahoma City. What do you think? He said, I think you ought to do what God tells you to do. So he, he, he calls me back, and he says, uh, when are you leaving? Well, it was just a few weeks later. I said, I'm going to leave. Told him when. He said, come by my office before you leave. I said, okay. So I thought, I'm just going to go by and say bye. See you later, man. Thanks for the time here. Go headed back to Oklahoma City where the winds come sweeping down the plains. <laughs> and there's no sand and there's no ocean and there's no mountain. No place to ski anywhere. Surf, nothing. So I go by his office. I walk in his office and he says, oh, here you go. Gives me an envelope. Guess what? $20,000 this man hands me and says, go do whatever you need to do, Mark. Go get it done. I'm absolutely convinced it was because I paid $1,000 for this book. You say, that's the silliest thing. I, I agree. I won't even argue with you. Who pays $1,000 for a freaking paperback? 
It's never about the book. It's always about obedience. God, I want you to have dominion over my life. I want you to have dominion over everybody I've held in my heart. God, I give them to you. I forgive. God, I give you my fear. I give you people that I've not been able. God, I give you my money. I give you everything. I want you to have dominion because if you don't have dominion, then I become responsible for governing that. I promise you, that act of obedience opened heaven. And guess what? I spent the first $6,000 getting Noah's event venue so that we could have church, which I would not have been able to do. What I'm telling you is, it's important for us to give God dominion over every area of our lives. I would have been just like you. I would have said, if, and some of you, I may have lost a, a little bit of confidence when you think, that guy's really an idiot. Who would pay for that kind of, I get that. I would have been there with you years ago. I would have been there. But let me say this to you. Talk to God. Don't talk about others. Because God may ask you to do something just as silly as what I felt like he asked me to do. Because it seems silly to me. But God wants to govern every area of our lives. He wants you to walk free from unforgiveness so that you'll be able to forgive. He wants you to walk free of fear. He wants you to walk free in your finances. God wants you to walk free. But we have to trust him and say, God, I give you dominion in these areas of my life. What's the Bible say? Lest you become like a child. Not childish, but childlike. Some of you know my youngest daughter, Victoria. She's now almost 20. Uh, when she was about five years old, uh, we had someone that would help us with her and go get her out of class and uh, bring her back to my office after church. And then we would go home or go eat. And after every service we gave that person permission to go to the bookstore and she could pick out candy or whatever was in there that she wanted and so you know she's just five and every time she'd go in there she'd find something put it on the counter but one particular day this person that went and got her told me the story she said well today victoria went got what she wanted put it on the counter and said charge it to daddy was no question she knew she had given me dominion and said he'll take care of it it's about time some of y'all start going charge it to daddy he's already paid charge my sin to daddy charge my fear to daddy charge my finances to daddy he's already paid she was confident whenever God has dominion in an area of your life you can have confidence. When I left the Ukraine, I was trying to sell my house, selling one of my cars, and, and I'd signed the title over to a friend of mine, asked him, he said, He's just bring it, I'll, I'll see if I can sell it. I turned my house over. By the time I got to New York City, before I even got on my way to Kiev any further over the Atlantic, he calls and says, we got it, we got it sold, the car. I get over to Kiev, we got your house sold. Let me tell you, God has dominion. When you declare it, when you declare it and you say, God, I believe you, 
Nothing's impossible with you. Your marriage may stink. You need to get up every day and bless your spouse. If your husband's a stinker, get up and fix him food and take it to bed. Here, honey. And every now and then, spill the coffee on him. But anyway, I, no, I'm just kidding. But see, whenever you are working against someone, that means you're trying to exercise dominion over them. We're called to love people. It doesn't mean that we endorse what everybody does, but you and I are not the judge of everybody. We're called to serve everybody. We're called to be the servant of all. We're not called to change people. We're called to make changes in our own lives that will affect people. And we can do that. And I would encourage you, give God dominion over the weak areas of your life, the things that are bothering you and hindering you and keeping you from joy and keeping you from something pressed down, shaken together and running over because you've withheld it from God. Everything we have belongs to Him. And we have to remember, God will not take anything, but He'll take anything we give Him. So we have to trust Him. Give Him dominion in areas of your life, in your marriage, in your family, over your kids. Give God dominion. Give them up to God. That's why we dedicate babies. It's we say, God, we want you to have dominion over their lives. We're stewards of the gift that you put in them. That's all we are. I'm a steward of the gift that you put in my children. I'm a babysitter. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mentor to my kids, but, but you're the Lord. I'm not. And so, Lord, I give them over to you. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me say this to you. If you have fear in your heart that they will never come back, then that fear will probably be realized. But if you wake up every day and say, there's going to be such an incredible reunion with my kids, I'm telling you, God's going to do supernatural things. Love them in a way that they cannot believe you love them. And don't let their opinion of you shape your opinion of them. Keep God's opinion of them. Love them. Care for them. Give God governing authority over their lives. Let God have control. Every week before I get ready to come to church, I go to my prayer chair on Sunday morning. And I just pray for you. I say, God, I know that there are people called a Mosaic Church. I pray that, that they give you dominion over their lives. And that they come out of obedience to you. That's all I want. I want to be in the place that God wants me to be. I want you to be in the place God wants you to be, where he can exercise all authority, all blessing over your life, and that the peace that passes all understanding would rule your life, your heart, your mind, your soul, that everything about you would be under the dominion of God, not just your salvation, not just your eternity, but everything would be under God's dominion because when it is, it all works out just fine. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, caring so much and being so patient with us and exercising dominion where we give it to you. And so today, Lord, my prayer is in this place that we would all be aware of areas of our lives that we've not given you dominion. We've not allowed you to govern. We've taken control of circumstances and situations that you are waiting on us to give up to you. We want to be able to say today, charge it to Daddy. Charge it to my Heavenly Father. Jesus, you paid for my fear. You paid for the neglect that I experienced and I haven't been able to forgive. So today I forgive. Lord, 
I've been trying and complaining and criticizing wealthy people and churches and pastors for talking about giving and, and what I should be doing is giving you dominion over my finances and obeying your word regardless of what I feel. Remember mind, will, and emotions and spirit, soul, and body. And God, we give you our spirit. We get born again. But Lord, we withhold so many things out of our soul that you want. Not so you can control us, but so you can release to us things that are in your control and Lord, that's what we believe in today. Lord, help us in every categorical area of our lives to be able to walk in freedom because you are the government of our soul, God. You govern and control our lives, and we thank you for that. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and those of you watching online, I want to pray a prayer because the most important thing that you and I can do is give God dominion over the sin that we were born with. We have to acknowledge all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us. And that when we give God dominion over that, He immediately removes the weight of sin that has held you down your whole life. And that's the most important thing that we spend eternity with our Creator, not separated from Him. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd say, that's me, please pray for me. I want to ask you just to slip your hand up, put it right back down. Please pray for me. I need God's, yes, thank you. I need God's help. Thank you. Are there others? You can just put them right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you back here. Thank you. God bless you. So many of you today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Down here. Thank you. Five, six, seven of you. I don't know. Maybe more. Saying yes to Jesus today. Yes, thank you. Back here in the back. Dominion. Dominion. You're saying, God, I don't want to go to bed at night wondering where I would spend eternity if I close my eyes and I don't wake up. That's what you just said. And guess what? You're going to be able to sleep like you've never slept in your life. Because you've said, God, I give you dominion over the sin that has weighed me down. Those of you watching online, right there in your apartment, your home, wherever you are. We're going to pray a prayer in just a moment that's going to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, today I give you dominion over my spiritual life. I give you dominion over my sin. And I repent of my sin. And I give it to you today, God. Thank you. Amen. You can look up. And those of you that prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to text that number that was on the screen earlier 405-500-1310 text that number if you don't want to do that please fill out a card information card in the seat back in front of you if you're on the front row it would be right behind you and just if there's a place a box at the very bottom said today I gave my life to Jesus it is important that you acknowledge that I say things out loud because I want to hear it faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God there are things I will declare, God, I'll declare it out loud in front of anybody and everybody. God, I give this to you. There was a situation in my life where I, I, I was having issues. And I called a friend of mine and I said, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I said it out loud. And God, the next morning, December 17th of that same, that year, he said, Mark, why didn't you tell me you didn't want to feel that way anymore? I would have taken it from you immediately, but you didn't ask me to. So whatever it is that's bothering you, tell God. God, I give it to you. Would you please take it? He'll say, gladly. He'll say, I'll take dominion over that. I've never expected you to. I told you to cast all your care upon me because I care for you. 
God wants dominion not so that he can restrict your life, but so that he can liberate your life to love again, to be kind again, to trust again, to know peace again. God wants to do those things in your life, and these are going to be the best days and years of your life. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to sweep this nation and the nations of the earth. And we're going to see the glory and the goodness of God and a peace that passes all understanding. Your life is about to get better than you could ever imagine because God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God.